alphabetical order? Nuz goes. I don't know what that means. Okay, I'll go first. <laughs> hey, my name's Chris. My name's Jenny. And I'm Jim, and this is Topic Lords, the only place on the internet you can hear topics discussed. Chris, would you like to introduce yourself, or do you have anything to plug? I'm Chris. Uh, I'm a friend of Jim. I make games, and I want to plug allergy medication that does not make you drowsy. Ooh, oh. Incredible. Do you have, is there a brand name, or are we avoiding saying brand names? <laughs> The brand name is not the value pack of 240 tablets that I bought off of Amazon <laughs> without realizing that they are the drowsy kind. Oh, no. Oh, that's so, you're committed. That's awful. You're just going to be sleeping for the next month. <laughs> Which I'm okay with that. It's probably good for me anyway. Yeah. You got those circles under your eyes. Yeah. I was born with those. Yeah, me too. <laughs> that's what my mom told me anyway. Came out of the womb sleep deprived. Maybe she just needs drowsy allergy medication too maybe she does that makes sense uh and jenny would you like to introduce yourself or do you have anything to plug hi uh i'm still jen i'm jenny from the archives of the topic lords podcast i'm a friend of jim's i make video games jenny from the block <laughs> that's jenny from the block i was gonna say jenny from the blockchain but i don't want to get canceled. <laughs> that, that's a that's pretty good for the right uh for the right person who is not anybody i know <laughs> yeah same if the if the Pokemon Go people did a blockchain game, they could really leverage that pun. Pokemon Gokchain? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Ship it. Yeah, that, that that joke just supersedes the rest of the podcast. We don't even need to record it now. <laughs> oh good. Alright, good podcast, everybody. <laughs> that was really efficient. <laughs> yeah. Good job, team. So fast. speed running. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of which. Speaking of which, frogs. <laughs> <laughs> My plug today, uh, I don't usually have one. I'm going to plug the same thing I plugged like four weeks ago, which is that I'm doing a uh, Let's Play of Mario 64 DS with uh, an analog stick mod to add analog stick support to Mario 64 DS. Yeah. Uh, I, so the, the gimmick is that I'm doing one star a day. But I'm recording the episodes like in batches, and I actually like just finished the game. But oh wow, you won't see the last episode till like mid October, <laughs> which is okay, like in five months or something. So, what's your shortest star video? The shortest one is like thirty seconds because I like I got the hundred <laughs> coin star and the the eight red coins at the same time, and then I just like oh, wow. run over to the eight red coin star and get that. Um, <laughs> where where is this findable? Uh, if you go, if you search for Twinbeard plays Mario sixty four DS, you'll probably find it. As of this recording, it's up to uh, twenty stars. But by the time that this episode is out, it's going to be further. The two different timescales really kind of fucked me up in the head because, like, I, going into this project, I was thinking this is going to be a nice long term project for me to do with this game series that I like, and I didn't really realize that like it's not long term for me. For me, like, <laughs> I, I finished the game. I, I, I did end up taking, like, three, three weeks to do it, but but it's not like the, the six months that it's going to appear to be to everybody else. Have you tried getting 120 stars, but you're only allowed to interact with your controller by, like, leaving objects on it? <laughs> That's a good uh, speedrun idea for somebody else. <laughs> uh, what I'm probably going to end up doing is just playing different Mario games. like. Just move on with the rest of the series. Do the whole series one level at a time. Then you're really going to 
have the same problem but each game you do like exacerbates it so by the time you're done playing mario games you'll have like 10 years of content yeah yep yeah and and weirdly like the the youtube analytics is weirdly addictive like i'm seeing graphs go up because people like more people watch this video this day than the other day and i'm like holy shit i've got 23 hours watched that's a, that's a lot wow. of hours wow. <laughs> yeah that's pretty yeah. cool yeah that's pretty good which like turns out to be like 20 views per video or something if you if you look at it in those terms it's not very good but like if you put it in terms of like this is the amount of time i wasted for people all around the world that's not bad at all <laughs> uh, wasted is a strong that's word right yeah we just need something in our heads that's not our own thoughts that's right yeah it's yeah the, the disaster of our own minds are we ready to start on some topics sure yeah jenny your topic is Frogs evolved leaping before they evolved landing, and a couple species haven't figured out the landing part yet. Mm -hmm. So I'm dropping uh, in the Discord chat, I just dropped a link if you want to see a video of the um, the pumpkin toadlet, <laughs> which is this <laughs> tiny, tiny, tiny frog that can jump. Like, it can launch itself into the air incredibly well, as well as any frog. Landing, <laughs> it just kind of... It just kind of spins around and then falls over. And, this um, isn't like a young one. <laughs> this is just what they always do. This is just what they always do. Um, the going, the going theory, according to this article, is that the they're just so small that the fluid in their ears, their inner ear, you know, that's supposed to uh, let you let you detect, like uh, keep your balance and detect your direction and motion space. Um, there's just not enough enough room for enough fluid yeah that wow. it does that it functions yeah and they've uh they've apparently evolved some some thicker skulls <laughs> if i remember correctly <laughs> yeah but they still haven't figured out how to land from their jumps and i gotta say i identify with this frog kind of yeah this is adorable this is a very likable frog mm -hmm. likable and relatable hashtag relatable yeah <laughs> They mentioned uh, there is another another species of frog that also can't jump, but um, they're nowhere near each other in the evolution chain. And I think these other frogs are bigger, so it's still not really clear what's up with the larger frogs who can't land. Is there a video of that one? Oh, I didn't find a video of that one. See, All should... these frogs are so tiny. Because they? They're so little. Because these videos are in slow motion, they make every every like twist and turn looks extremely deliberate. But similar <laughs> videos of like skateboarders doing a, a perfect, like a big twist or something, <laughs> like a perfect flipping the board one way, flipping their body the other, and then landing perfectly. <laughs> Except that there's no perfect landing here. There is just a disaster. And like it seems almost like their body gets paralyzed because when they land, they don't like bend any legs, they mm. just keep all legs pointed straight out like a T-pose and then rigid body their way down onto their back. <laughs> I just, yeah, they do. I just uh, linked you a video of the tailed frog and um, his deal is he doesn't do anything after he jumps. He's, just, <laughs> he's large enough to stay going straight, but it's just a, it's a belly flop situation. The tiny frog would definitely win the X Games of frogs. <laughs> <laughs> Even though, you know, it doesn't stick the landing, but it does some pretty cool flips and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think if you, like, attempt a 900, you get 
more points than if you uh, attempt a 540 and stick it. I'm just making that up. <laughs> that sounds like math to me. Yeah, I said numbers. I wonder if the logic of the frogs developing thicker skulls just because they crash into the ground so much <laughs> applies to skateboarders in the very long term. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, this, the skateboarders are going to branch off from the rest of us. They're going to look like that dude who evolved to survive car crashes. Wait. Sorry. What? What? Uh, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. This is another one for the show notes. This is a fictional oh, yeah, guy? Oh, yeah. This is, this is a sculpture. This is okay. a sculpture that um, is intended to promote automotive safety by like depicting <laughs> the kind of human who had, who had theoretically had evolved to survive a car crash. Yeah. I think he's doing great. Oh, he looks very comfy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looks, he looks like, a little windswept. Yeah, like looks like being in his body is like sitting in an armchair. <laughs> yeah, I like sitting in armchairs. I love sitting in armchairs. Yeah, let's evolve to be this guy. Perfect. Let's yeah. go for it. And then once, I mean, obviously we won't be there. No, unless, of course. But once once we get there, we'll look back on sculptures of modern humans and be like, oh, yeah, gross. Yeah. They only have one nipple, yeah. whether they only have two nipples. <laughs> Instead of 12. (laughs) They have so few ribs. Yeah. I asked an AI to draw the hottest guy in the payroll department. Uh And one of them, he just kept giving him abs. (laughs) Like, he never runs out of abs. I think he does eventually run out of abs, but he he wound up very long. And most of the length was abs. Like long cat. (laughs) This person might be the hottest person in the payroll department. Graham. In their future. Yeah. Yeah. Graham, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Graham from payroll. In the, in yeah. the distant future, no, no one is allowed to wear a shirt in the payroll department. <laughs> what were we talking about? I don't know. How did you find this? <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I found like this was like I saw this image years ago. I, I assume it would be like on Fark or Boing Boing, which were two aggregators that I read at the at that time. Okay. Oh, I remember aggregators. Yeah. <laughs> No, is that is that a generation gap thing? Maybe, or it could just be a me living under a rock thing. Either is equally likely. Yeah, I guess Fark was a form of social media because all the links were user submitted. Yeah. Okay, like were they voted on, or did like editors choose them? Can't remember now. Like for for a long time, uh, like if you went to like Slash Dot, there was like an editorial team choosing what links would go on the front page. And they had a lot of control over what people saw. And something like Reddit or Dig was interesting in that it was algorithmic, in that like people could vote up their favorite thing and it would be more likely to be shown to other people, which has, you know, benefits and drawbacks. Mm-hmm. Wow. But And I guess like Reddit's still around. Reddit's still like a going concern. Yeah. Yeah, Reddit's here. It's wild, because that almost seems like the model. Like, why would we have an editorial team mm-hmm. showing us the internet? I'm going to fark.com to see what's there. Yeah. Oh, they have categories now. Photoshop this aircraft cabin. Whoa. Oh, <laughs> wh- okay. Wh- what? <laughs> this was a this was a thing that you would, that Fark would like, it would ask you to Photoshop things, and then in the comments, you would Photoshop them, uh-huh. and then you would get to see a bunch of people's takes on on this side this idea that's cool okay i'm looking at the takes. yeah some some like some of them are entertaining but like here's oh. one person like 
photographed a sardine key in there such that the plane is being opened by the sardine key. That's pretty funny. <laughs> That's really the best one. Yeah. I I think these posts are organized by how recently they were posted. Okay. And there's no commentary on any of them. So, oh, oh, you can log in to enable voting and you can view the results. Photoshop this tractor. <laughs> Apparently gone drinking means it crashed into a lake. Ah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> what a euphemism. Whenever I crash into a lake the next time, I'm going to tell people drinking. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I need to leave fark.com. I, I have to say, like, the Photoshop this whatever... I think that idea has legs, and I bet there's like a Photoshop this subreddit. There, yeah, I think it's Photoshop Fridays. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, or maybe that was a something awful thing. There's definitely a Photoshop this. It seems like a good idea. Thanks, Thanks Fark. Fark. Fark is also how I found out about Homestar Runner because oh wow, like when I was on Fark, like for months, I would see like here's the latest strong bad email, and I'd be like, what the hell is that? And I wouldn't look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they just they just keep hammering those strong bad emails at you like i guess this is something i should care about and then i finally you know went there and yeah pretty entertaining and then you understood right so this is i guess this is a topic about the history of social media on the internet what were we talking uh-huh. about frogs. frogs frogs thank you we, yes. we got to the scary guy from skateboarders yeah. evolving right. big strong knees. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. Yep, yep. Frogs doing stunts. They're so <laughs> cute. Wow. <laughs> That's a good yeah, thanks for sharing that factoid. I'm gonna carry that one forward into my life. <laughs> I think it's gonna <laughs> gonna get some mileage out of that one. I found out that Zoom allows you to have a video background. Okay. Uh-huh. What did you do with this information? <laughs> uh well I was just thinking about like maybe I could just have a loop of that frog pirouetting. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good idea that would be really on theme yeah on yeah uh, unfortunately google meet does not seem to so yeah i remember finding this out at some point and being disappointed even now it still doesn't i wasn't able to figure out how if, if it's possible right in listeners and if especially if you work at google on the meet team and are implementing this feature let us know when it's going to happen. I was going to say, there's got to be interns that can put on it. And I was like, that would be a really difficult task. <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> not that one. Well, yeah, especially because it's a web app. Yeah. Although, I don't know, what what what's stopping, what is stopping people from just compiling FFmpeg to WebAssembly and just including it in every web page? That's what I always say. It's... Yeah. I walk around saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Are we ready to start on some t- other topics? Yeah. Sure. Chris, your topic is, I got a weird device called a Characorder. Haven't used it yet, though. It came two hours ago. Okay. Since I wrote that about half an hour ago, <laughs> I used it for like five minutes. It Basically, it is two like palm-sized half dome things and they each have a bunch of little control sticks on them so each one has nine control sticks on it and the control sticks like your your fingers kind of go on them and you can push them up down left right and then you can sort of like push them in a little bit and also move them around that way basically through that way it turns into a a keyboard input device uh so it's kind of like an ergonomic thing and like it lets you type without yeah you don't have to move your hands that much you can do all kinds of custom symbols and stuff but the 
big thing that they kind of push is it lets you do corded entry of words. Uh, I don't exactly oh. know how it works yet, but it, it's something like if you simultaneously press like a few letters in a word, it'll just like type the entire word, which I think is it's like what like court stenographers use or something. But anyway, if you use that technique to type the upper limit of typing speed becomes something like 300 words a minute instead of like 100 something words a minute. Wow. Which is kind of crazy. That's yeah, not why I want it. I just wanted it because it looks fun to learn. Yeah, I, I definitely <laughs> don't think that fast. Currently, I've just been like looking at the little cheat sheet they gave for where the letters are. So I typed in YouTube.com with it and it took like a full three minutes. <laughs> so that's... <laughs> That's where I'm at right now. Pretty amazing. But yeah. I, I very much enjoyed the process of learning the Dvorak keyboard layout. Yeah. I don't know why. It's just really satisfying to me. So I think this will scratch a similar itch of just like, it's almost yeah. like a game. Yeah, I was going to say, when I when I switched to Dvorak, it was a lot like your YouTube.com experience. We're like, okay, I would lo- I, I, I didn't actually switch the keys around on the keyboard. I just had like a a little cheat sheet for like where everything was taped to the monitor. So I was like, okay, the Y is over here. Push the Y. Okay. Where's the O? Okay. It's over here. Push the O. Why did you initially change to Dvorak? Um, I just thought it would be cool. Like I was in my early mid twenties. Another friend and I were talking about doing it. We did it together. Nice. Uh, and it was just, it was just a cool thing to do. Uh, I, I want to say it was because, you know, it's more efficient, but honestly, like a much bigger factor is that it's cool to be more efficient because like, yeah, typing speed was not in any way limiting like what I could do on a computer. Right. Although I did have really uh, abysmal typing uh, posture, which I okay. then fixed by switching to Dvorak. Like I had this really awful, like self-taught finger placement when I was using QWERTY and I still, I revert to that immediately when I, uh, when I have to type on a QWERTY keyboard. Interesting. But on Dvorak, I learned to type, to touch type properly with my fingers on the home row and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. I think sometimes it's fun to repeat a learning process. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, it's a lot like, uh, restarting a video game that you've already played. Like you can just, yeah. I'm, I'm ripping through this early level cause I'm so good at this game. Yeah. If I were going to learn Dvorak, I would want to do it in circumstances grade in class, which was just a very dim room full of actual typewriters and kids. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I also want to type next to kids who are falling asleep. (laughs) It's very soothing. For for me, but not for them. (laughs) Yeah, true. I'm imagining like, because I've never seen a, a, like a typewriter room and I'm imagining just like a photo of an empty, dimly lit typewriter room. On the liminal spaces Twitter bot account. <laughs> it's probably something like that. Yeah. I mean, if you can picture long desks and then there's like five typewriters on them. Yeah. 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 And then there's there's middle school children wearing really, really baggy sweatshirts. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So looking at this chart quarter, like, like say you just make a list of the 64,000 most common words in the english language and then you have 16 buttons i guess that's not that's more buttons than you have fingers so that doesn't work but okay so you make a list of the 1024 most common words in the english language then you have 10 buttons i think i see where you're going with this (laughs) and then you remember which you have to memorize like what number 
is associated with what word. And then you have to learn how to enter that in binary. And you push all these buttons at once. And I bet you could get, type really fast that way. After an immense ramp up process. Yes. What does your brain look like when you're done learning that? <laughs> it becomes a perfect cube. Pretty good. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, whoa, your head's looking a little bit like uh, the crash person's name. Your your face is looking a little... Graham. Graham. Your face is looking a little <laughs> impact resistant <laughs> and also has really clean and straight sides. I was thinking about the... The cubic watermelons. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are so cute. <laughs> Those are good. Yeah. It's... Did you hear about the, they were trying to do fish like that? What? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> what? I can't remember if this was a real thing or something that I just extrapolated or something that somebody extrapolated. Right. But like, if it, like certain kinds of fish, like a goldfish or whatever, we're going to get... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but I swear there are some fish that if you, if you grow them in a container... You know, yeah. Like... I'm guessing yeah. it has to be like a little tiny fish size container. Like you can't just put a goldfish in a cube bowl and the goldfish is like, oh, <laughs> we're in Minecraft now. Right, right. Like a like a bonsai uh, kitten. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Sorry. <laughs> what? This is another. <laughs> that was an old. Yeah. yeah it's another one from the deck of old memes. Old. I'm going to look this up. I think my friend's mom legitimately got upset. Right, right. It, it turned like, and it, it, it was a. <laughs> It was a joke website, I think, and the whole the thing that lent credence to it was that someone had taken their sleeping kitten and quietly placed a, like a a clear cereal bowl over the kitten, su- such <laughs> that it looked like the kitten was constrained by the bowl. But like, I'm I'm absolutely certain this bowl was only on top of the kitten for like the length of time it took to take the photo. Yeah. If you go to bo- the Bonsai Kitten Wikipedia page, there's a picture of the cubic watermelon. Oh, perfect. Yeah, and not not any kittens. Nope, none. <laughs> I'm glad that I learned about Bonsai Kitten. I think it's a little scary. I recently <laughs> learned about what feels like a similar concept called a cat piano, but not the not the like little kid's toy that you buy from Target. Cat? It's a theoretical device hold on i gotta it's a thought experiment it's a thought experiment is it called like oh no or maybe it's a cat organ or something cat organs are real there we go cat organ they need them to live oh yeah no yes you're right (laughs) a cat organ or cat piano which i'm guessing is like why they make the little toy is a hypothetical musical instrument which consists of a line of cats fixed in place with their tails stretched out underneath the keyboard so that they cry out when a key is pressed it's really sad i don't think anybody's ever actually done this as the wikipedia goes on to say nobody's actually enacted plato's allegory of the cave what is what is what is that? Oh, that's a, a thought experiment where if you had people who were constrained such that they lived in a cave and they could only look at one wall of the cave and nothing else, they would perceive reality to be the shadows cast on that wall. They wouldn't know about the three-dimensional form of reality. Whoa. Uh, and, you know, the, the first thing you think about when you hear about this experiment is like, what a horrible thing to do to somebody. What what a, Plato is such a dick. Yeah. <laughs> did they did they do this? No. I hope not. No, this is not okay. a thing that happened. Plato Plato never got to prove his theory right. <laughs> you know it'd be messed up. <laughs> <laughs> if we put a bunch of cats in a piano and we made them stare at one wall. <laughs> right. Yeah, so there's like this 
illustration. It almost looks like a woodcut of the cat organ. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I accidentally Googled cat organs. Is it auto-completed? Oh, boy. Now I'm just looking at the anatomy of a cat. <laughs> That's a danger as well. <laughs> they got some of the same stuff that we got. A lot of it. it a lot out. of it. Like, pretty, pretty much all the mammals are basically the same. Uh, are we ready for another topic? Sure. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> My topic is speedrun health hazards. Uh, and you were you were hypothesizing before the show. This was RSI. It's RSI. Oh, no. Okay. Following the speedrunning <laughs> scene, you will hear about people like dropping – like what, there was another example, I guess, is that there was a guy, I think, oh, I think a Mario Sunshine speedrunner, I think, who had to drop out of the scene because he – Developed epilepsy. Whoa. <laughs> like, that's a bummer. I didn't know you could develop epilepsy. Uh, well, it may be that it was uncovered, uh, but like he started having uh. more. He started speedrunning back when he wasn't uh, ha- having as many episodes and then started having more and couldn't do it anymore. Aww. One of the things about like high level speedrun play is that these people practice for more than like a full time job. They will play their game uh-huh. for 12 hours a day. I mean, much like being like an Olympic level athlete is not good for your body. Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> like, yep. and you, they, you, they really have to find stra- coping strategies for like, how do you do this without fucking up your wrists? And some games are worse for it than others. Like there's a, um, in Mario Odyssey, for example, there are, there are multiple control modes and one of them is where you have the two Joy-Cons loose in either hand, and then there are motion gestures. And the fastest way to move is apparently to do the crouch roll, which you trigger by, like, waving the right Joy-Con. And so these people are just, like, waving their right wrist up and down for, like, 12 hours a day. Oh, my God. Oh, jeez. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. 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 It must be, like, a little bit different RSI than, like, office workers get as well like something specific i'm imagining like watching i haven't watched that many speedruns, but i've seen some of the like tetris world championship stuff where people are like i think it's called hyper tapping or something uh-huh. i don't exactly remember what it looks like but it does look painful <laughs> right yeah i don't know hyper tapping but like i remember as a kid learning how to like like the fast my fastest way to tap was just to like tense the muscles in my arm such that my whole arm was vibrating (laughs) and then that would that motion would tap the button faster than i could normally tap yep same hopefully that's not what they're doing (laughs) wow i just tapped i just i just you know (laughs) repeatedly flexed my thumb muscle like i jumped yeah yeah well (laughs) first of all you can do it faster with your index finger oh really okay so there's there's a tip for when you're trying to you're trying to learn hyper tapping when all of civilization gets reconfigured around Tetris and you have to prove your Tetris abilities or get excommunicated. I have to tap to survive. That's right. <laughs> this should have been obvious from the outset, but I decided that I had to stop playing cookie clicker at work because like sometimes uh-huh. Uh-huh. I would click on a, a golden <laughs> cookie, which like gives you like there's one where it would give you like 777 times multiplier yeah only for uh-huh. clicking the cookie so then yeah, I would yeah. like, and then you gotta click so i would use my yeah. laptop touchpad or, or mouse or whatever and i would oh, alternate God. my like index and middle finger and it was just this this loud uh process yeah yeah <laughs> and my whole you know contorting my whole body around my mouse and then i'm like hmm, yeah. i don't think i'm doing my job right now <laughs> 
That's what gave it away. My strategy was to, um, I forget what you call the name of the tech, but there's a, a built-in part of Windows that lets you assign mouse clicking to uh, the numpad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, really? Yeah, yeah and both left yep, and right yep. clicks work. So, like, I would sit there and, like, jam on, I guess, zero and plus or something on the numpad. Ooh. And that would get a uh, pretty good rate of rate of fire. Uh, but, yeah, I, I would argue that, like, that's a that, – that part of – in fact, the whole part of cookie clicker where you have to, like, fucking watch the game play – in order to do well, yeah, like pretty quickly in yeah. that game, you need to be watching the screen for when the golden cookies appear so you can click on them because that's the only way to efficiently progress. Yep. I downloaded a Chrome extension that auto-clicks them for you. Oh. And then it's smooth sailing. That's smart. <laughs> that's thinking with the old noggin. Yeah. Well, I realized that I'd spent like 300 bucks on ergonomic shit, you know, for my office, and then I'm sitting there playing cookie cookie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I see. Is the speedrunning equivalent of that just like swearing off real speedrun or swearing off like human analog speedruns and only doing tool assisted speedruns or something? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, I guess would, it be, would, be. that would be a good idea. Does it, do, do those only work for games that are like fully deterministic? Uh, you know, I, I think tool assisted is pretty broad. Okay. So I think people yeah. use it to mean a lot of different things depending on like what what kind of tooling is even available. Huh. That's a great question. Are there tools with choice states? Does it? I only know about the Jenny, does that mean that you did a tool assisted speedrun of Cookie Clicker? <laughs> <laughs> Technic? Well, it wasn't a speed. Run. Okay, fair. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's yeah. I don't know if Cookie Clicker has. Does it have an end? I mean, you can run. You can run out of upgrades. Yeah, it is possible to get all the things. But I was reading up about this while I was playing, and I think it takes over a year of like. I, I played that game for like two months, something like that. In fact, if you look on my Steam account, it'll tell you how many and how how long it was in hours. It's like eight hundred hours because I just kept it wow. running. Dang. Like, I maxed out the upgrade tree, but I did not get every achievement. Okay. Oh, yeah. I think I've also maxed out the upgrade tree. Yeah. Or at least the, like, post-game upgrade tree thing. But I didn't even get remotely close to getting all the achievements. I bet if you, like, cut my head open and looked at my brain, there'd be, like, <laughs> a deep rut that is just the cookie clicker's place. <laughs> That's where it is. Or yeah. just like a little a little burnt spot on like the back left corner. You can see it from space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you look at you look at Jupiter in the red spot. That's that's the cookie clicker spot for when Jupiter was playing. <laughs> Deep cookie clicker lore. That's what we're competing with here. Yep. I guess like I'm trying to think if watching like I haven't watched a ton of speedruns, but like at Games done quick events, like, do they have really ergonomic seating arrangements and things like that? Well, nowadays, games done quick events are done from your house. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, well, so maybe. Like, from, um, I, I wasn't a huge games done quick watcher, but I remember, like, looking at some streams and the couch looked like it was okay. And then the seating for the audience looked like it was pretty bad, like it was just folding metal chairs. Yeah, yeah, like whatever was available or time. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's okay because they're they're not going to get RSI from watching. Hopefully, but also like that would be. But also like you're, you're, no one's concerned about like 
getting RSI from doing a speed run once, which is what happens on GDQ. Right. The, okay, the shit sure. happens when you're you're grinding, you're like spending all day practicing or spending all day grinding out attempts. Which is why we should switch to all marathon strats. Where? Ah. <laughs> where? What does that mean? <laughs> oh, I've I've definitely talked about this on the show. It's not even my idea, but I love it so much. I'm going to talk about it again. Uh, the yes. idea yep. that um, right now the, the the world records that are recognized are the records that like I played this game ten thousand times, and this was the best attempt that I had out of all those ten thousand, and that becomes the world record. Instead, the way it should work is like I'm going to schedule. I'm going to play once at 10 p.m. on this day, and that's your one shot for that month. And Oh, interesting. Yeah. And everybody yeah. gets one shot a month. Because the thing with marathon strats is that you're performing the game in a marathon in front of people, and there's no, like, you can't restart it 10,000 exactly. times in those circumstances, so you use a different strategy. Right, you use a safer, more consistent strategy, which, like, it removes so uh. many, like, so much of the... The pain of even the mental anguish of speedrunning is like <laughs> dealing with RNG or dealing with a strategy that works like one out of a hundred times and it's halfway through the run. Like that's mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that's inhuman. Nobody nobody wants to do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously somebody wants to do that, but it sucks. It, yeah. I would well, argue speedrunning was a job. Upton Sinclair would be on that shit like so hard. <laughs> it's right. I would argue it's not even fun to watch. Like. Yeah. Like I've tried watching. Uh, obviously, like somebody watches this because these speedrunners have thousands of followers. But like on Twitch, you you watch speedrunners and they will like they'll play for two minutes and then restart the game, mm-hmm. and you can just watch them do that all night. So I was gonna say, would they just do that anyway on the not the day that that you're doing your entry time? But I guess you wouldn't, because like you said, you they do. would still spend a lot of time practicing, no doubt. But yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't do a strategy that gets one out of a hundred shots because then you know you'll you'll make it once every 10 years or whatever right eight years yeah <laughs> i see this is an interesting idea is rsi from speedrunning a sports injury i think it is right it's gotta oh, be an esports injury yeah yeah isn't there a character isn't there a oh. homestar runner character named sports injuries <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> is, is there physical therapy for rsi or is it usually handled with like surgery both i have i i mean i think I both no happen <laughs> okay oh i'm thinking of lem sports interviews <laughs> lemmered sports interviews <laughs> lemmered. Lemmered. oh sports interviews is one word <laughs> yes oh geez i do not remember there's no picture of this person uh, yeah i don't think lem lemmered sports interviews ever actually showed up on camera i think they were just <laughs> oh, mentioned i see <laughs> Oh, as an author and an illustrator in the Homestar Runner universe. Okay. <laughs> Are we ready for another topic? I think so. Uh, who wants to read this poem? I'll read the poem. What's this? This is uh, Bananas Bananas by Craig. Do we, do we know <laughs> the Craig's last name? Uh, I don't know. I can tell you about how I found the poem in a second. Cool. I'll read yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Bananas, bananas, all year round. Bananas, bananas, underground. We don't know where they come from. If they're not yellow, we won't eat one. Bananas, bananas on some trees. Can I have a fresh banana, please? The end. So Greg Greg thinks bananas come from underground. 
Yeah, that's the thing that sticks out to me with this poem. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, do they not? Just kidding. Uh, Yeah, so this, I was like, I was like, where am I going to find a poem? My normal media consumption doesn't have poems. And then I remembered this cartoon made of short, like this series of cartoon shorts called Over the Garden Wall. That's really cool. Okay. And I was like, and it's like cool. And I was like, it definitely has some like cool poetry and songs in it. But it's, it's mainly about these two brothers Wirt, or like an older, like kind of sentimental brother Wirt, and then his younger, like goofy brother, Greg. And they are just lost in these like mystical woods and going on these super weird adventures. But it all kind of started, I don't, honestly don't really remember how it started, but Wirt, the older brother, had made a mixtape of of himself playing playing clarinet and reading poems for his crush named Sarah. And then <laughs> somewhere in the process of trying to give Sarah this mixtape, they like got lost in the mystical woods and like that's why they're there. Oh no. But anyway, eventually after the show came out, the company who did the music was like, let's make this mixtape actually real. So then <laughs> the video that I sent you, Jim, is the like fictional mixtape from the world. But then Wirt's always like super serious and like trying to keep Greg in line and Greg's just like a total goofball so this poem is from when Greg like there's like some clarinet playing and then it hard cuts out and then Greg just comes in and like recites these really goofy like really funny and cute poems and then cuts back to Wirt again and I just really liked that yeah yeah the I didn't listen to the rest of the video because I just skipped to the part where you said had the poem uh, but when you when you say mixtape, do you mean like it had songs on it? No. Well, I mean, yes, but they were all like songs performed by Wirt. Okay. Yeah. So this is, okay. it, it's less like a mixtape and more like a performance art album. Yeah. 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 Like, cause, cause the, this is something that's a little bit weird about like mixtapes in fiction is that it's actually really expensive to license all that music. Like you can, when you're making a mixtape yeah. in real life, you just put the music on there and like no one from ASCAP comes after you because they don't find out unless your girlfriend turns you in. <laughs> oh no. I wonder if that's <laughs> happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they're going to come demanding royalties. Yeah. It's like only if yeah, only if you do a bad relationship and then you break up and then one person is like I know the perfect revenge. It's to go to <laughs> UMG. It's to go to Vivo and tell them what you did. <laughs> This isn't a perfect analogy, but the thing that comes to mind is um, in, I think it was 28 Days Later, there was a scene where there was just this weird Christmas tree ornament playing like a chiptune version of Frosty the Snowman, like a Christmas card version. Okay. And that ended up being like the biggest line item in the movie's budget because it was just incredibly expensive to license and they couldn't get it off the audio. (laughs) Here, uh, Russian Russian Doll, the D show. Actually, they had to do like make some choices based on I forget how many times the uh, the Harry Nilsson song shows up. Oh sure, but they got a certain number of times. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Wow! And since it happens at a really plot relevant time in the show, they had to carefully plan like, okay, how are we gonna use all of our our mega elixirs that are are using? Yeah, yeah. I thought that that, that was wow. really well done. Like that. Using yeah. a repeated song to kind of just drive home the repetition was very effective. Mm-hmm. They did yeah. a similar thing in Groundhog Day with uh, uh, their Sonny and Cher oh, song. Yeah, with the Sonny and Cher song. Yeah. 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 
I guess if you're doing that kind of narrative, you, you pick a song. That's right. A song. It's got to be a song that yeah. like that is uh, good enough that the the listener, the viewer, is not going to be bothered by hearing it over and over again. That's really interesting. I wonder. I wonder if there's some part of our brain that's just like I just heard this song, like in a way where it's like more than if you're just hearing the same conversation again. Oh, hearing the con- same conversation again would be way weirder. That's true. Uh, there's a little bit of that. After, because after the song, there's talking. Right. 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 Yeah. Right, right. Yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, now I'm imagine, imagining this episode of the podcast being somebody's alarm. Wake up alarm. <laughs> Wait. The whole podcast episode? <laughs> yeah. No, they have to. Like, they, they they wake up to the, the, the fanfare of the Lords <laughs> arriving. And then mm. they oh, brush wow. their teeth to our conversation about the frogs. And then they drive to work listening to us talk about this poem. Oh, man. Anybody who that was their morning is so freaked out right now. Yeah. yeah well, please. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> they, right. They've, they've never listened to this far to get to this part of the conversation before they decided to make this their alarm. <laughs> I see. But then, okay, if it is someone's alarm and it is part of someone's morning routine or evening routine. And we ask this person to write in if this is part of your routine. Right. Do they write in every time? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. I guess. You'd have to. Yeah. And then, Jim, you would know right away if if somebody took it up. Right. And I would I would know every. Well, maybe not right away. You'd just be like, huh, my my inbox is getting mighty full. Right, right. And I would, I would learn uh, when they stopped writing in, I would learn that they were no longer doing it. Yeah, wow. like, oh, I guess they escaped the loop. Yeah, good for them. <laughs> good for them. <laughs> that seems a little like a breach of privacy almost. It's like a warrant canary. <laughs> Wait, it's like a what? <laughs> a warrant canary. Like the, the canary that sings when it, they smell the police coming. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. No, you, uh, I was hoping somebody else knew about this concept because I'm not the one to explain it. <laughs> But it's like it's like a clause you put in a warrant where it's like you can't legally say whether something stops being true. Like you're not you're not announcing. Uh, but but when the language gets taken out of the contract, people in the know can read it and go like, oh, I guess the thing has changed at like Apple or whatever. Oh, interesting. Wait. Yeah. I, I think I understand that idea. Okay. Wait, <laughs> this is cool. This is one of those concepts where I'm like, I kind of get it. It's like a poison pill. It's a pill you eat that kills you. (laughs) Interesting. The example picture they have just says the FBI has not been here. (laughs) Right, right. So the the premise here is that that, uh, under the Patriot Act, the government can subpoena information from service providers uh, while also preventing them from letting their users know that this information has been retrieved. And right. so this is a, a way to communicate that information to uh, the users without, without actually doing so, without literally doing so. So presumably when it says the, the, the sign that says the FBI has, has not been here, uh, and then it says in parentheses, watch very closely for removal of this sign. <laughs> yep, yep. And then when the FBI comes, they'll just get a little exacto knife and just shoop, 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 shoop. <laughs> but they'll leave the parentheses part in. <laughs> Or they could just cut cut out the knot. <laughs> oh, true. And the- <laughs> and but maybe because they can't let you know that they've been there, they'll cut out the yeah. FBI too. So it'll just say the has been here. The has been right. here. Yeah, which is 
is true. Has been here at that point. Has been here. What were we talking about? Bananas. Uh, bananas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bananas coming from underground. Right. But then the next line is like, we don't know where they're from. We don't know where they come from. That's true. <laughs> they're underground now. Who knows where they started? <laughs> and who knows where they're going? <laughs> the ones that don't make it into the banana box. Jim, I think I discovered the banana box because of you a long time ago. Does that sound right? Oh, uh, that was uh, uh, something that came up repeatedly on Topic Lords. What, okay, what's the not to make it come up on Topic Lords again? What's the banana box? Okay, what's the name of the service? Is, is it Miami Fruit? MiamiFruit.org will sell you tropical fruit. Uh, one of the things they will sell you is uh, an assortment, assorted box of trop of various tropical bananas. Wow, these are gorgeous. I've never actually looked at them. They're so pretty. We might be growing some of the roots. Nice. <laughs> are you in the tropics? Uh, so we're in. I mean, we're in Arizona. And we are able to grow many varieties. Cool. He's been doing it so yeah. hard. He came into the room today and asked if uh, if I wanted him to grow a carob fruit that tastes <laughs> what cheese fruit. That's sick. Yeah. Cheese, cheese adjacent. Fruit. Next time, yeah. next time he has to grow the one that tastes like mayonnaise. Yeah, the egg cheese, <laughs> the cheese of the sea. Right. It's the cheese <laughs> of the sea. <laughs> Uh, so I, I received uh, the banana variety box for my birthday one year. <laughs> That's really funny. Were they great? Uh, they were good, but also okay. they just tasted like there was a huge variety. They all looked different, <laughs> but they all basically tasted like a banana. Okay. And banana. like I, I had yeah. before receiving this box, I had like had this low key worry that like, oh, the Cavendish banana is going to, the fungus is going to get it. And then we won't have any more Cavendish bananas at scale. And it'll be replaced with the next banana down the line, which is not as good. Uh, but now, I just was like, yeah, the next banana's fine. Okay. We're all going to taste like yeah. bananas. Yeah. It sounds like it cured one anxiety. Yeah. 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 For good. 67 bucks. It's much much less expensive than therapy. That's true. Did I, did either of you go on davidlynch.com? Sorry, y'all. I'm still on miamifruit.com. Scrolling this uh -huh. website is a joy. So far, I found, <laughs> I'm posting them in the chat, but I found the Huamoa banana box, which is just this person holding an immense banana. Like, Ooh. it's so big. And then soon after, I found a long neck avocado picture. They're huge. Which ah! is just, it's like, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's really big. No, that's good stuff. This is going to bring back the, I'm sure we talked about the long neck avocado on episode, what, 14 or something of Topic Lords. <laughs> so this is going to bring back the memories for those listeners who have memories that are that long. They have merch. Have you seen? They've got, like, you can get a pair of leggings with black sapotes on Sounds them. Sounds delightful. they got little faces. Aw. Yeah. Wow. This this is a really fun website to scroll. I'm going to stop. I'm going to pay attention yeah. to to what we're doing. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, let's, yeah. Let's, uh, let's talk about... Okay. Chris, your topic is, I assumed the Chicago bean would be kind of lame. I was wrong. It's super neat. Yeah. So the Chicago bean is this sculpture uh, that is in this big park, the name of which I can't remember. Uh, I'm not Chicago bean park. It's just like, that was my guess. It's too. called like, it's called like the sky gate or something like that. That's like the oh, actual name of the Chicago bean. Cloud gate. Sure. Cloud gate. Millennium park. Yeah. Millennium park. Yeah. Yeah. It's just this like really big mirrored vaguely bean-shaped thing uh that i've seen only in movies up until i saw it in person like uh two months ago or something like that 
But yeah, it's super cool. It's really big. It's like mirrored, but it's very clean. So it's like very bright looking and like looking at it from the side from far away, like the top of it is kind of reflecting the sky and the bottom of it's kind of reflecting the ground and it almost just like disappears in a way like because it blends so well into its surroundings. And then you can look at it from like the front of the back and see like the city reflected on it and all the people reflected on it, which is cool. But then if you walk under it, it kind of has like it has like a divot so you can actually walk under it and then like the divot into it just kind of gets deeper so it like the reflections of you and everyone else just become like really weird and distorted and it kind of just feels like your brain is melting a little bit and i was just like wow i didn't think a big mirrored bean in a park could be so sick but it's totally cool (laughs) yeah that sounds cool i think that's a hundred percent of the thoughts that i've had about the chicago bean (laughs) did you taste it Uh, i didn't it probably would have tasted like all the people who touched it but shouldn't have. If it was oh, perfectly reflective, it would you would have tasted your tongue. Whoa. Whoa. That's deep. I wonder. That's so deep. What it, you know, it's like the opposite of black body radiation. It's like Chicago bean radiation, where it's like as <laughs> little radiation as possible. <laughs> Chicago bean radiation is the title of this podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is that better than Pokemon Glock Chain or whatever? Oh, Jenny from the Glock Chain? What was it? <laughs> uh, that sounds like we a... have some options. We've got options. We have some options. <laughs> no further questions, Your Honor. That's <laughs> that's that whole topic. It seems pretty memorable. It's really big. Yeah, according to this, it's sixty feet, sixty-six feet long. Wow! Wow! That's a big bean. It is a big bean. I guess I get why it's called Cloud Gate because you can like see the clouds on it, but also walk through it. Uh. And then it changes you if you walk through the middle right, right. and look at it. Yeah. It mirrors you left to right. So you can oh my. you can no longer digest food. Oh wow. Can you imagine how tough it would be if that like okay, if you get mirrored left to right, is it like you wanna move you like have the intention to move your right hand but you move oh, your left no. hand? Or is it oh. like Oh, you mean it mirrors you, everything but your brain? Or 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 oh. You move the arm that makes sense, but then now you're, like, left-handed. So you have to learn how to do stuff <laughs> left-handed, like writing. Left-handed. Because, yeah. like, you could still, like, you know how to write, but you don't know how to, like, manage your palm making smudges or whatever. You know? <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. You would write backwards. Like, from your perspective, the world would be reversed. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. oh and so all writing, oh, would, you'd man. only be able to read by looking in a mirror. I wonder. I wonder if that's actually what would happen. Like if you like if you just totally flipped like all of your neurons or something exactly the opposite way. Yeah. Like would you see everything mirrored because of like how you learned? So my question would be like a lot of the, the, the molecules that happen in biological processes are not symmetrical. Like. Right. Would you be able to breathe? Yeah. Would you be able to digest food? Would like oh. would I, your brain keep working? Would you only be able to eat animals that had run through the bean and you have to catch them and kill them? Uh, <laughs> and those are the only things you can digest. You can only digest left-handed plants and animals. Right. <laughs> Left, or, or righty, as the case may be. Right. Uh, One nice thing would be that people looking at you would see the image you had in your head about yourself. Whoa, that's so true. (laughs) But then you'd look in the mirror and be like, what the hell? (laughs) What the hell? Who's that? Who is that? That's crazy. (laughs) My friend who's in 
when I was out of medical school, was telling me that there's like a condition where you're born with all of your organs just flipped, basically. Wow. It sounds bad. I think it's bad, but I don't think it's fatal. Do you have to wear a med bracelet that says, like, my heart is on the right? Yeah, yeah. You need that for, like, for for duels. <laughs> yeah, if you don't tell somebody your heart's on the right-hand side, it's a trap. Right. <laughs> the FBI has not checked the status, the, <laughs> the handedness of my organs. <laughs> this organ flip thing occurs in an estimated 1 in 10,000 people. That seems high does. for something like that. What's the name of it? Uh, Citus Inversus. That's my favorite Roman senator. <laughs> <laughs> this condition is also seen in mirror image twins. This type of twins occurs when a fertilized embryo oh. splits later than usual. That's so weird. Neat. Oh, that's that kind of cool. Wild. Wow. Oh, Enrique Iglesias. Oh, shit. Now I'm trying to figure out how to say Enrique Iglesias backwards so I can make the joke about it. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, I mean, I think you just did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Just go through the bean and then just say it normal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go through the bean. I'm going to appear on this podcast. And not only will you not know what I'm talking about, but I'm going to show up at like the end time of recording. Whoa. Benjamin Button podcast. How does that work? Yeah, you get flipped in time. I heard this like theory on some YouTube channel that like, or, or like every proton in the universe is like contains an electron traveling back in time or something. Anyway, never mind. <laughs> we don't need to go there. I don't. I also don't even know what the implication of that is. It's like, whoa, that's yeah. whoa, Scoob, that's crazy. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Apparently, like some subatomic particle interactions are like not exactly symmetrical either oh interesting i don't remember what the example was this is also a random thing that i like read or heard somewhere but something like if it's orbiting one way it does this and if it's orbiting the other way it like has ever so slightly different something yeah i've heard about what the chorality of a molecule mm -hmm. or whatever mm -hmm. being the thing that like like you can uh, you can make fake vanilla flavor. Whoa! <laughs> if you take some some like industrial byproduct and just flip the corality on Interesting. it. Interesting. Yeah. Can you have like left-handed caffeine? Whoa! Maybe. I searched that. I don't know what I expected, but it's nothing. <laughs> yeah. It's just coffee. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Maybe coffee's already left-handed. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair. Maybe it is. Are you ready for another topic? Sure. Yeah. Jenny, your topic is video games that are just a little place, and you walk around and maybe go to go go to a museum. Yeah. The, so I realized recently I really like a video game. This little place, and you walk around and maybe you go to a museum, <laughs> hoping maybe we could talk about. Can you give us some examples? That's cool. Uh, so I think the the trigger one I was just thinking about ZZT's city. You know, there's there's oh, yeah. combat like you're fighting those little ASCII bears and <laughs> with your bullets. Um, yeah, and there's there's like puzzles, like exploding bomb puzzles and stuff. But largely, it's like a it's like a city, it's like a city, and you're just walking around doing some stuff. There's also I don't think there's a museum in Eastshade, but basically like an, an Elder Scroll. But there's there's no combat, there's no magic system. You just you're a painter. And you walk around painting the landscape and doing quests for uh, everybody's like an anthropomorphic animal. Oh, interesting. That's cool. Yeah. It, very, very, very satisfying. Very pretty. I've never heard of this. This looks really good. Does it play oh, like like Pokemon Snap type of thing or not? 
I, I remember seeing this on Steam. Yeah, it's not on Rare. Okay, okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, I really like this game called Proteus, which is like... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's like a... I want to call it a hiking game because you're on like a little island and there's different kinds of like little plants and animals. Uh, it's very like flat colors, like pixely, very cool look. And there's kind of a day night cycle. And then pretty much everything just makes really cool sounds. <laughs> and the, yeah. I, I used to work like when I would work, I would just find a let's play of Proteus with no commentary put it on repeat <laughs> on youtube nice. and then just work which is pretty unless i was really tired then it would just put me asleep but other than that it was, it was really nice <laughs> yeah it's kind of like a wind chime mm -hmm. yeah except you are the wind proteus for me is like the example of taking a game where you go to a place and just walk around uh, taking it too far because i could not <laughs> like i couldn't get many mental traction on what to do in proteus uh yeah like there were no tapes to collect I kind of wish it had a like a Pokédex. Yeah. Like apparently there are puzzles and a win condition, but I never found any hint of them. There's oh, there's some stuff you do. Yeah. I don't remember what it is now. I mean, you can like yeah. go through the seasons and then eventually you just mm -hmm. float away. I don't know if that's the lose condition. Yeah. <laughs> Floating away sounds like a win. Yeah. It's really kind of yeah. spooky when it happens. The the winter, like, the game is, like, really nice to be in, and then in winter, it's, like, almost scary. Right. Yeah. Uh, what uh, other, other games? place games? Um, yeah. Um, Riff and I resumed our Let's Play of the Airport for Aliens currently run by dogs. Nice. Uh, I, I could rec highly recommend a short hike. Oh, yeah. I feel like fits in this category. There's a lot to do in that game, though. Well, a lot of, like, light things to do in that game. That's a That's a really fun one. Yeah. Like some light things to do yeah you yeah. can play the game where yeah. you hit a ball back and forth over a net oh i don't think i played that part of it i also did not win the foot race or, or like at some point i there's some race that i just couldn't figure out how to enter again <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I, I think trying to do everything in a short hike hike is a mistake like if your character loses the foot race then that's just what happened right that's the lore yeah you played the board game Tokaido? No, I don't recognize that it's name. A, uh, so the the theme of this game is that you are in feudal Japan and you have you're going on a vacation. You you stop at some hot springs and you buy some souvenirs and you eat some food. Yeah, that's cute. Love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, and you can't you physically can't do everything. That seems like a a valuable life lesson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yep. I, I remember seeing this game like at my friend's house. They like they were playing with the roommates and I was like, wow, this game looks really cool, but I I that's all I've ever seen of it. I have no idea how it plays. It's it's pretty chill. Like I don't know if it's a museum game or literally just a museum, but there's a mm -hmm. VR thing called the Museum of Other Realities, which is it's just a museum in VR of like very cool VR and VR adjacent artworks. I think that's that one cool. that one's literally just a museum. It's mostly nice. not interactive. I think it's like just like artworks, but it's like artworks that move and very. I mean, there's there's all kinds of stuff in there, but yeah, there's some very. Another game that comes to mind is Gibbub's Adventure, uh? which it's a game that's inspired by Sakeless. If you've played that, oh yeah, Sakeless is actually another great example of this. Yeah, old game maker game, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, it's it's like an old indie game from like 2004, uh, but pretty influential. Oh, wow. I remember that one on the 
Game Maker Forum. Or by, by someone from the ZZT scene. Uh, and these are both games where you just, okay. you're wandering a landscape, collecting little blobbies. You know, ostensibly there's a win condition. You're supposed to collect all the blobbies. And then if when you do something, it happens. But like, I, you know, the good part of the game is just wandering the grassy landscape and listening to the uh-huh, piano, the uh-huh. lilting piano music. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Uh, of course, there's Bubsy 3D for talking about games. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be fun to make a game like this. It sounds like something that would be, or it'd be like a fairly low stress thing to just make a game, which is mostly just a place that you can just yeah. put some cool ideas in. Maybe it would actually be hard to fill the space up. Yeah. It might be. One thing I really want to get around to making sometime is a game where you just go to the Renaissance Fair. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. I feel like this is maybe stretching the limits of what you mean by your idea but like i kind of consider text world from frog fractions 2 to be this sort of place where yeah actually. like you're just wandering around and yeah like you have to solve puzzles and some of them are hard and some of them are frustrating like and that's that's one of the reasons that it's hard to sell someone on this as just a place you go to to be in but like it really was built to be like here's a place to wander until you while interesting things happen to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like of the ZZT, the original ZZT games, probably Text World is a spiritual successor to ZZT. Oh, interesting. Some equally person, nerdy person can argue with me about that. I mean, that if, if it to. were if it were to take direct inspiration from any of them, it would be Town of ZZT because that's the one I played. Yeah. Town is town is similar, and I would have to replay them specifically about Town versus Do you mean structurally? Yeah, structurally and also uh, flavor-wise, they had a little... Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely had like some of the same same types of jokes in there. I feel like the spirit of the, the talking tree that says invest in leaves is in text world. <laughs> <laughs> so ZZT is a game or each of... These are two separate games? So ZZT is... Maybe is, I should just go look up what ZZT is. ZZT is a game engine um, oh, okay. that... Okay. that but so, yeah. but like it's weird because it was released as a shareware game th- but but it's really a game editor and engine that came with a game and then you could send off money to register and get like three more games by the same author but what people actually cared about was the editor and the engine because you could make your own shit yeah that's sick and it was games that like were in many ways reminiscent of text world if, I since see. I, I use that as a reference because you've played it Wait, this game was designed by mechanical engineering student Tim Sweeney. Oh yeah, of of Unreal Engine fame. That, yeah, that Tim Sweeney. What? Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this wow. that's how he got into games. Yeah, yeah. What a wow. And and similarly, Unreal was a video game, but people only really cared oh, yeah. about the editor. Uh, every every like five years, I get a bug up my ass to go. Hey, remember that old shareware series, Legends of Murder, <laughs> by by Jamie Schmaltz? What happened to that guy? <laughs> it's like, oh, he made Unreal. <laughs> and then I forget five years later. <laughs> That's all the time we have for Topic Lords. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, Chris, if this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at MRChrisLHall. And Jenny, if this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter. I am at HorseWizard, no A, all one word. No underscores, no numbers. All right. Thanks so much for being on. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having us.
Hi, this is Jim. This is the audio I append to every episode of Topic Lords. Congratulations to our newly anointed lords. This episode was edited by Esper Quinn, who can also edit your episode if you contact them on Twitter. If you'd like more people to hear the show, you can tell your friends about it, or rate and review us on whatever podcast service you use. You can add content to the Topic Bucket by emailing topicbucket at topiclords.com, and you can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash topiclords. Patrons get episodes a week early, and you get access to the Topic Lords Discord, where you can discuss topics with all the lords that hang out in there. See you next episode!